0: Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden. This is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And this episode, it is week six, the final week of our summer of mentorship. We have been republishing episodes, ones that maybe have slipped down in your archives, maybe you've never heard or just needed to hear again. Fantastic interviews with wise mentors. Today's episode is a conversation I had back in December of 2015. This was episode 100, which was a big milestone at the time. And people have often asked me, what's your favorite episode? What was your best interview? And that is a hard question to answer when you have over 300 favorite children. But this episode always stands out in my mind, Um, one, because I always remember the interviews I get to do in person, and two, my guest, Jennifer Klaus, one, her words really stuck with me, her words about the get-tos of motherhood, her perspective on heaven after teaching a Bible study with my friend Kay Wyma here in Dallas, and also the fact that um, just nine months after we recorded the interview, Jen um, went to be with Jesus in heaven and is no longer with us here on earth and it's another guest I have um, a list of guests that I've been able to record their words and their thoughts and it feels like holy ground it feels like a special gift uh, that that is encapsulated in a recorded form for their family for their friends and so I get to share it with you today I'm really looking forward to it so let's get right to it here we go Hey, Jen. Welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. I'm so, so thankful that we made this happen. So welcome. Thank you. Real fun for me. And we're sitting together and Mm -hmm. we have a studio audience of one, (laughs) Ms. Jen Dawkins. My My neighbor is with us and dear friends with Mm -hmm. Jen Klaus. Um, And we just want to come on here. I mean, God is so crazy how he orchestrates Mm -hmm. um, relationships and paths crossing and I mean, we could go on probably this whole podcast on how our lives have intersected in so many different ways from different friends. And, um, you know, Jen, I'm just, I would love for you to share a little of your backstory. Mm -hmm. Like first introduce your family and then tell us.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I'm Jennifer Klaus and I am been married for five years to Scott. And I am a mom of a little boy named Lincoln. It was a total surprise. I was under the illusion that I was in control of pregnancies and things like deciding if I would have kiddos. And um, the Lord shocked us with a baby when, uh, that was born within the first year of our marriage. And he is now four and a half. His four name is and a thing. half. Oh my, yes, sir. Okay. And
0: okay, tell us a little bit about um, in that five years what has happened.
2: Mm-hmm. to you in addition that was a surprise. <laughs> the next surprise in our world, <laughs> I had a surprise engagement and then I had a surprise baby. And then when he was about eight months old, um, and actually prior to that, I felt a lump in my, lump in my breast that I associated with milk ducts and nursing. So um, in my anti-hypochondriac ways, I ignored it and didn't think much of it until friends kind of insisted, one being Jim Dawkins, that I see the doctor. So on in February of 20- 12, we got the diagnosis that I had stage 2B breast cancer, which meant I had a large lump and it already spread aggressively in my node. So um, from there, we went through pretty typical treatments. We had a lumpectomy because I still desire to have other children nurse those babies. Mm-hmm. I had um, chemo and uh, chemo then followed by surgery and then radiation. A year later, my doctor's real insistent and over many tears, and probably the hardest decision I made in the process, was a full hysterectomy because um, my cancer was so hormone driven that she felt like I was really increasing significantly my chances of recurrence by maintaining any um, estrogen on my body. So that was in 2013. And then life seemed as normal as whatever normal is. It seemed normal. And then in December of 2014, I had some back pain and that progressed pretty significantly over weekend to the point of me asking my doctor for some advanced pain medicine and she sweetly and wisely and very attentively sent me to the ER and over the course of that weekend, which ironically or providentially was exactly a year ago from this past weekend, the first week in December and I was re-diagnosed to stage four and found out that weekend that cancer had spread to my bones and the pain in my back was actually a broken rib where the cancer had so weakened in my bones that in the course of life and a failed handstand in yoga, I had broken my back. I was like,
0: I think right before you found out, you were
2: helping me in a bar class
0: at lifetime, like with my positioning, like totally at all the classes, you were
2: totally I would have said so the height well. of health. Yeah, totally yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah, That's kind of one of the fascinating things for me is I've never even been in the hospital except to have a baby. So I'm like, how can it be me? I'm sorry, me? I have cancer, yeah. I have stage four cancer, I have a broken back. Well, and when that didn't like and when you'd had the hysterectomy, like they had kind of just cleared you? Like they what was would the deal there? No evidence of disease. Breast okay. cancer is one of those meanies that they will never say recurrence because okay. it, they say treatable but not curable. So okay. I looking back, my doctor's on a pretty vigilant watch. I don't think she was super confident. That I would see a really long life, but I was probably under the Lord's kind naive that I was hopeful. I thought Mm -hmm. cancer would likely kill me, but I hoped it would be like in 30 years. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that weekend, the diagnosis, what's in your bones and it's in your liver and it's in the lymph nodes around your lung and in your your stomach. So for sure, a surprise, a game changer, a reorientation, uh, a recalibration and your world turned upside
0: down. I know that Jen held to the hope of what was coming because of the time she spent studying God's word, staying centered on the truth of the gospel. And I know as moms, myself included, that my emotions and my thoughts can get really wrapped up in what's happening in front of me if I do not make time. To connect with God. And so I'm thrilled to get to share with you a one stop shop for your worship experience. It's called the Glorify app. It is so fantastic. It's started by Christian leaders like Sadie Huff, uh, Matt Redman, Priscilla Schreier. And what it does is in one place in this app, you can find curated. Bite-sized Bible readings, you can find devotionals, you can find some guided reflections, which I love. I think it's really cool to not just consume God's Word and check it off a list, but really sit and think and listen to God when the world is just yelling so many things at us to really hear what God has to say for us that day and that moment, and this may be when you just lock yourself in the bathroom for a few minutes of quiet or let them play in the backyard and you just sit there with your app um, on the back porch, I want you to be able to check it out, whether you need it to help you sleep more soundly, to help you deal with anxiety or stress, deepen your understanding of the Bible, whatever you need, glorify your relationship with God with 50% off unlimited access to the premium content, which is designed to help you get into good worship habits and grow closer to God. So download the Glorify app now, create an account, and enter DMA for Don't Mom Alone in the profile section. So you go to the profile section, you enter that code DMA, and you will get a special limited time discount of 50% off. I know your friends
2: they were there and in his kindness um i firmly believe of course that cancer is so not of the lord because it's everything about the fallen world we live in it's yeah. sickness it is suffering It is a death and yet i see so clearly the lord's ability to bring good out of what satan or intended for evil and um, the gifts of cancer are phenomenal you know at the top of that list um would be seeing and experiencing the fullness of the Lord's love, um, the hands and feet of the body of Christ. I would never wish this on anyone, but I would wish that folks could experience the fullness of the body of Christ in their community and their friends, loving them and serving them in a way that is just truly supernatural and surreal. And, you know, I think one of the other gifts that we want, I think you want to talk about today is just, all of a sudden life is put in such a perspective um, that it's kind of like I said about the baby. I lived under the illusion of control prior to surprise pregnancy. And then I went through another season of the illusion of control, um, as if I knew what my days would hold. And the Lord pretty clearly, sweetly shattered that over the course of that weekend that I am not in control. And he does number days and he does ordain and he is good in all of this. But, um, for the first time in a tangible way, your heart and mind is set on things above and not on things on this earth because this is your reality. And the doctor's looking at you and not wanting to answer the question. But when you say, What is my prognosis? to say statistically, women diagnosed at stage four live on an average no more than 26 months, which for me would be February 2017. You immediately went. Mm-hmm. you immediately calculated you can't help but think you counted your days so what does that yeah. look like how many more Christmases and how yeah. old will Lincoln be and yeah. cool. do I even get 26 months because for everybody that tells me I've got really good news my aunt lived five years then Scott and I laugh and say that means statistically that someone else lived three months okay. and so right. Right. we right. know that only the Lord knows
0: so you have you have your days mm-hmm. you have your gifts
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we'll talk more about the gifts but For a little piece, I know I get contacted by women, and it may not be cancer, it may be just chronic pain, Mm -hmm. it may be um, illness, it may be um, something that makes everyday challenging, Mm -hmm. and the reality of their everyday, and they have children, and let's, I mean, let's talk about the heart, Mm -hmm. it's hard, because you do have that eternal perspective that we'll get to, but like, right Mm -hmm. now, the Mm moment-to-moment, what does someone do mm. to push through and, and to mm. meet those needs and yet feel feel awful
2: yeah i do i really grieve i think i think you're right i think there's chronic pain i think there's emotional disorders right. i think there's really hard marriages i mm. think there's real trauma and drama with children and i do especially grieve for those ladies because i say about myself there's something that we can all label and are familiar with, and it's called cancer, and we know how to do a care calendar.
1: Mm.
2: My heart's especially heavy for those that are dealing with things that are even maybe not as clear and more ambiguous, and they're really suffering in a way that maybe doesn't get a care calendar. Yeah. Um, no, I was yeah, I
0: was just talking about that with a friend the other day. She's like, you know, some single moms yes. where their story isn't a husband died or a, they're a widow, like...
1: Their
2: needs are just just, as great. Their needs are just as great and they're not getting met because. But the support system. Yeah. Is their, their support system may not be in place or they just may not be aware of how to meet those needs. And so, um, and I do, well, I feel so incredibly loved by our support system that has been absolutely amazing. So it's almost hard for me, almost feel um, guilty at times when I'm at chemo or other places that I think, oh my gosh, I'm so well taken care of. Um, And yet, to your point, to your question, there's still lots of moments alone where you're laying on the couch and you're not sure if you should get up and go hang out in the bathroom because you're fixing a puke or guts, or if you should just stay there and just pray that the Lord delivers you from this wave of nausea and this pain, or if you should take some medicine to just totally knock you out so you can sleep through it and pray and hope that whoever's got your little boy is in good shape because you can't even reach for your phone to check and see if anyone's called. Mm-hmm. And, and in those moments, I think, um, I think a couple things. I think all we have is the Lord. And then I think there's other moments and I think the Lord fully gets us and understands that he is with us and upholding us. Even we don't have the strength to call to him because I sometimes think women get burdened with this idea of like, mm-hmm. It's not, it's been a sweet season with the Lord, but it's looked very different than all my other sweet seasons because I don't have the stamina or energy for long seasons in the Word like I did before. Mm -hmm. My body is not able um, in those deep pain to do much more than cry out for help. Um, And so I kind of would want to even set women free from this burden of um, trying to kind of get it right as if you did these certain things in the Christian walk he would deliver us from our pain is mm. we just, I'm so desperate for him at times. And that's all I am. It really is just, I'm just laying on the couch and saying, help Lord, help Jesus, please, Jesus, please deliver me.
0: And just trusting the Holy spirit groans on our behalf, right? He like totally does. Friends.
2: And I were talking about that this morning, that when we don't know how to pray and, and I see him truly meet all of my needs, according to the riches of his grace in Christ Jesus. And I see him interceding and, would I want to provide hope um for women that he sees you Mm -hmm. and he hears you and that those cries um when you're the only one there don't go unhurt or unnoticed
1: yeah
2: so you and you mentioned it
0: and I've seen it from afar your support system Mm -hmm. (laughs) to a woman listening who has a friend Mm -hmm. in that situation
2: um How can we be good friends? Mm, Sweet. Good word. Um, I have lots of thoughts on this because it's been really humbling. I've realized probably when I wasn't such a great friend, Mm. um, really taught by those that have loved me well. Um, But I could give a few quick words on that. Um, One would be um, to be specific in your offers for help. So I've learned the difference between someone saying to me, hey, I'm at the store. What do you need? Mm. It's very easy for me to answer. Someone just texting on Monday morning and said, I have flexibility this week. How can I help? That's almost an overwhelming question to me because I don't know if you're good at babysitting or if you want to run errands. And if you put a lot of burden on the sick person to figure out how to use your time and talents, they're probably not going to be used.
0: Wow. But if you and- could
2: be so specific as to say, I'm running errands today and I'm headed to Target, what do you need? I can rattle off my target list so fast
0: (laughs) that I can't
2: necessarily align my family's needs with your schedule.
0: Yeah. Or saying like Wednesday, I'm wide open. Can I watch Lincoln?
2: That is the way to summarize it is if you could ask your friend a question that they can answer with a yes or no, right. Then you're on to something. So yes, I can answer yes or no to Wednesday. Mm. The other thing is I think if you're offering to help, I think you might want to try to be in a position where you can say yes, because it's hard for us to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds crazy, but when you ask for help and folks repeatedly say that doesn't work for me, I'm not going to go back to you. And that's my own sin of fear of rejection. I acknowledge. But a common human A common feeling. human yeah. fear of yeah. rejection. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like when people have said, hey, I want to help. Mm. I don't know what it looks like. I'm not saying clear your whole world, but you probably need to be prepared to help if you're going back to if you're not going to ask me that real specific question that's really within your skill set and within your availability that i can say yes or no to if you're going to be broad in general um you're going to bless us both if you're prepared to say yes but if that's too much because i'm not a kid crazy person so i'm not the one saying can of take all your kids right on wednesday but i for sure am one that can say hi hey, i'm at the store can i bring milk i'm into washing laundry can you leave your laundry on the front porch i'd love to come get it and bring it back tonight Mm -hmm. Um, And I also want to encourage women to try to serve within the way they're wired. Like, I don't, I'm not a good cook. And so I was stressed out for years feeling guilty about taking meals. And that's just not my thing. Mm -hmm. And it was stressful. and not life-giving to me or probably the person eating my meal. But (laughs) I wanted people, I want people to be like, if you're really good at graphic design, offer to do my Christmas card. If you're really good, if you don't mind running errands, ask about running me an errand. Because I need all of those things. Right. So a friend right now offered to sell some stuff of mine on Park City resell. Do you think that <laughs> blessed my socks off? You know, yes. and that's, she's just saying, kind of like, it reminds me of um, the woman at the well. It reminds me right. of the little, the stories we tell about the little shepherd boy. Just bringing what they have and so, offering it to your friends. Fish. Yes. yes. fish. Yes. I, well, I need this fish. It does not have to be huge. Because sometimes it's the idea that it's huge that stops us it's totally the barrier true. to entry the barrier to entry is I don't want to reach out I don't know what she's gonna ask me mm. um mm.
1: That's and a good one.
2: Yeah. and I get that one and yeah. yeah what if she does say can you keep my kids for the weekend <laughs> I'm not trying to get away for a break you know and yeah. I get that I would be yeah well
0: and, and I that think that our mind goes to watching kids meals like even your idea leave your laundry on the front porch I'll come take it I wouldn't have even thought to offer that. So like, and do your Christmas cards and like, what are some like
2: helping me address my Christmas? Like, if you have good handwriting, say, can I address your Christmas cards? Like really Lord, what talents do I have that this family could use? And I really love the idea of asking the Lord, what do I have to offer this family? Mm. And, and go, that's a yes, no question. Like, would you want help addressing your Christmas cards? I can answer yes or no to that. You know, would you, can I decorate your Christmas tree? Like maybe someone else decorate our Christmas tree and it's lovely. And I didn't do that. And so, I think that's been really fun mm. because it's really taught me a lot about what can I offer folks. It's huge. Yeah, and it's so a blessing. It's- it does not have to just be meals or my little man. Yeah. But there's there's regular help. There's there regular is. there's errands for me. Yeah. I didn't drive for like 2 weeks, but there's still laundry to pick up and yeah. Errands and, and groceries. And you had people present with you. Mm-hmm. I have had a lot of people present with me, and that makes it that's a huge gift. Yeah. And there are times when I've told them I think I'll just throw up on my own. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'd rather not have
2: an audience mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's times when i said, I can't sleep, Jen. Could you rub my feet till I can fall asleep? And she just mm. disappears when I fall asleep. Mm. And so if you can rub feet, offer to rub your friend's feet. Like it really is sweet to see all the ways that some people, I'm sure there's a woman listening that literally just dry heaved in her car at the thought of touching someone's feet. <laughs> <laughs> there's probably someone else in there that's freed up thinking, you know what? I have great hands. I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. I think
0: that opening your mind up to, I think you worded it perfectly. What am I gifted at? Mm-hmm. What do I have? <laughs> I mean, we're sitting in a back house.
2: Someone offered their back house.
0: Y'all were able to sell your house. Mm-hmm. The plan was to build. Yeah. We're actually rebuilding on our lot. So we just scraped our okay. house and are rebuilding our house on our lot. And while you're doing that. So for a year, we're transplanted to someone's lovely back house for free. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I think that's their incredible gift. I so said, not everybody has a back house. Yeah. But some people have possessions and not time. Great. Some people have time
2: and not possessions. Exactly. Yeah. And I really, I've been really blessed for those that are monetarily blessed. I mean, there's some checks in the mail that will blow your socks off and african family could never do that. Yeah. But those same people, I don't, they may not have the, the, the time. time or they may not be in town mm-hmm. to do laundry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Lulu, it's Momo here. I just wanted to tell you that the greatest gift that you have given to me is teaching me how to love others. You love hard and you love from your heart and you love well beyond friendly obligation. From the orphans in Africa to the special needs adult whom any other person might be scared to sit next to, your heart is big for people whom others might shy away from. And I love how you love me, you love my husband, you love my friends, you love my friends of friends. You spend time helping me decorate my house when your own body is tired and weary. You remember names. You encourage me and process through decisions, both big and small, with a passion that extends beyond normal friendship. And Jen, the reason you love so big is because your greatest love of all is for Jesus. And I'm thankful that you'll get to meet him soon because I know it will be well with your soul as you finally rest before his throne and sit in his arms as he tells you, well done. Thank you for giving me these past 10 years of teaching me about him and his love for me. And thank you for modeling that for me. Thank you that you've given me a huge amount of excitement just to be in his presence. And you will be one of the very first people that I look for when I get to heaven too. I love you, friend.
0: Okay. I am going to transition us to, you don't just have good friends in cancer. <laughs> because prior to all this, the word on the street in Dallas is all the women you have discipled. Like mass quantities of women you've discipled. The irony being, I thought someone was discipling you. <laughs> and I thought Jen Dawkins was discipling you, but well, there's whatever. There's a lot of truth in that. Whatever. So a part of that is you and another guy I've had on the show, Kay Wyma, who, um, her kids are at my school and my school, like I own it. Um, and y'all have led this Bible study and it was in a home mm-hmm. and so funny, someone contacted our church to have it at the church for the summer. And I think the staff at the church was like, sure. It's like coming from a house and there were like 20 people. Like twenty people coming, we we got a room for twenty people, and they're blown away when like over. I mean, how many people? Oh, I don't know. over a hundred, over a yes. hundred, a couple hundred, like a lot of people are coming to this Bible study, and the topic for the summer was heaven mm-hmm. and Randy Alcorn's book mm-hmm. in light of eternity. In light of eternity, and so many people were blessed. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank
0: you by that. Um, so I just love like. What are some takeaways, what are some mm-hmm. like big things or small things that God has taught you mm-hmm. through studying the concept of heaven?
2: I think as you and I spoke before the podcast began, I think one of the things that kind of blew me away before we started was our lack of familiarity with it. Mm. I grew up in the church. I have the privilege of being in Bible teaching churches, so I feel like I've been pretty well grounded in truth, Yeah, and yet this was a topic that was like my eyes, the like the veil was removed on this subject. And so as we talked the first week of that study, we talked a bit about why are we scared to talk about heaven or why is it uncomfortable or why don't we, maybe scared is the wrong word, but we did have a conversation. And the reality is I think to get to heaven, we have to go through death. And most of us would prefer not to dwell there. And I think to go through death means either facing our own or facing the loss of ones that we've loved that, um, maybe, and I've lost my dad and he was in college. And I'm one of those that sometimes thinking about these things and not being hundred percent assured of his salvation would just make my heart turn away from thinking about that. Mm. But probably more than anything, because I naively and probably not very intellectually honest, I thought I just have to believe it's good because God says so. Mm. And maybe I'm, Not really that keen on what I've heard, um, but I'm kind of going with a blind faith approach that it's good and great and I will love it rather than um, a pursuit of understanding it. So, for example, I'm not very musically inclined. I'm tone deaf and I'm in (laughs) my choir in junior high. And I kind of think it's a lot of worship. And I think of only worship in the terms of song. And And being talented. Yes. In that. Right. Yes. In music and harps and all day long. So all I can <laughs> do <And be> harps. <laughs> Shoot, I forgot to take harp lessons. lessons. Yes, I didn't take harp lessons. I'm gonna sit on a cloud and I'm gonna play my harp all day long. And right. kind of secretly being like, that doesn't sound very fun to me. Can I play tennis? It's like that's maybe sacrilegious to say. Right. Right. And, and what you would enjoy. That what I would enjoy yeah. was not a part of heaven. And yeah. so um, I think it's been really fun to think of heaven in terms of. The goodness of what I see on earth without the layer of destruction caused by sin. So mm. if I think of pre-fall, I think of intimacy with the Father. I think of prior to the sin in the garden, I think of intimacy and relationships. Mm. I think of beauty in mm. creation. Mm. I think of work that is satisfying and meaningful and not a curse. Mm. I think of and them getting to enjoy the fullness of life. So I think if, for example, I mean, what if it was the fullness of Jen Klaus without my sin, Mm -hmm. without the ways that I've been wounded, I've wounded others without the way my character has been marred by my sin, Mm -hmm. that, wow, what if I could be the fullness of this Jen in heaven, enjoying the fullness of my Savior and other people that are not marred by sin? Like, that sounded amazing. Mm-hmm. And what if I saw all of a sudden anew on this earth, all the good things he's given us, like I love to play tennis and I love to look at the mountains. And I think the beach is amazing that all those are good and great things the Lord has given us. And we got to enjoy those for eternity. Instead of thinking of those as maybe personal indulgences or mm-hmm. um, empty, guilty pleasures, if I'm not just all about Jesus, but to see Jesus in What is not unholy because it's good and it's life-giving. And just because it's been marred by sin, like my selfishness, or beautiful things by materialism, or um, I don't know what else, but I think you're hopefully tracking with me, that all these good and perfect gifts that the Father has given um, in their fullness and glory for our enjoyment. So that just kind of blew me away. Like, what if I get to just sit around all day long and talk to people and get to know their stories? Because I love that. Yeah. And we get to share what amazing things God did for us in this life and is still doing I'm like that sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I loved thinking of heaven um, and thinking anew of the Lord's prayer is like the kingdom come that will be yeah. done on earth. I'm like, that's written in there, but I've never thought about the connection between the kingdom of God in heaven mm. and the kingdom of God on earth.
0: I heard, um, The guy that did VeggieTales, I heard him speak, and he was talking about, if we look at Jesus and what he did when he was on earth, all the healing and all all of the miracles, what was the point of miracles? Mm -hmm. And he was saying, his uh, idea was that it was a glimpse of heaven. And I love that. Making the blind see, the lame walk, taking away sickness, taking away disease, you know, Feeding the hungry, mm. and I just think that was the purpose. It wasn't just sh- it was to show's power, yes. But ultimately, so people get glimpses. This is the kingdom,
2: and I'm increasingly seeing all good things, like a moment or the sweetness of a kind deed witnessed, or the sweetness of a conversation is truly being a glimpse of the glory that awaits us. Yeah. And so that's been fun. Instead of just thanking the Lord for it in the here and now, mm-hmm. to use that to make me excited about my eternity, mm-hmm. instead of just kind of have all this foggy view. Because mm-hmm. I think once we're excited about eternity, and this Jen and I discussed on the way here, actually a hard conversation, or simple statement was, this is not our home. Mm-hmm. I tell the story a lot, and I heard it from someone else. But I feel like we all... Most of us have been in a hotel at some point, yeah. and I don't think very many of us are tempted in a hotel to rearrange the room and make it perfect, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and to make it just so, and to fit our, fit our every need, but I feel like I have lived this life that is very temporary, yeah. and it's much like, in comparison, a hotel is to my home, mm. and in my home, yes, I want things to be welcoming and just so, because that's kind of, I'm the mistress of that domain, right. if you will, yeah. and yet, I don't do that in a hotel. Because Mm -hmm. I know it's temporary and it's not mine. Mm -hmm. And yet I can often live this life as Mm -hmm. if it's permanent and I'm trying to make it perfect and trying to make this my forever domain. Mm -hmm. And this is as temporary to me as a hotel is. And so if I could have that kind of think there's that old gospel, this is not my home. I'm just passing through. Mm -hmm. And that we could be excited about where we're going, because I think most of us haven't stayed heaven enough to be excited about where we're going, Mm -hmm. which makes us cling too tightly. To things on this earth. I think what you said is like both, like a, a, an
0: appreciation mm-hmm. and an out, opening your eyes to see the heaven here, mm-hmm. but a holding it loosely to recognize it's just a glimpse. Great.
2: And I really, I think it has renewed my joy yep. in um, current living. Yes. So it's not that so heavily minded that we're no earthly good. If there's right. such a thing, exactly. But I don't think there is probably such a thing, but <laughs> Um, or, Colossians 3 talks about set your mind on things above, mm-hmm. where Christ is, He's the right handed father. So, I think it's helped set my mind on the things above. But I really have come to appreciate um, the things on earth that make me really excited about what's to come.
0: I know not everyone loves playing with their kids, but. It is one of those get-tos and I have a great sponsor to help you know what is developmentally appropriate for your child and even give you guidance on how to play. This is the Love Every Play Kit that is designed by experts for your child's developing brain. You put in your child's age and they will tailor a play kit to your kid's exact learning stage. So you're going to have the right toy at the right Time and they're delivered every few months, so they grow with your child. And I will tell you, I've seen the kits. Um, I had it sent to my friend whose children are in the age of the play kits, and these are high quality toys. We're not talking about more plastic junk, but truly highly interactive tailored to the exact developmental skills your child needs at that time. And as a speech-language pathologist, I know how play and language work together. And so this really does set your child up for success in all areas of their future. So I want to help you out and take the guesswork out of your child's play. You can choose Love Every Today and get free shipping when you sign up to receive your play kits at Love Every. Dot com slash dma. Now pay attention to how you spell it because the e at the end of love and the e at the beginning of every smush together and it's one e. So it's l o v e v e r y dot com slash dma. That's don't mom alone for short for sh- free shipping. loveevery.com dot com slash dma.
2: You know, one thing I because the the podcast is called God Center Mom, one <laughs> yeah. of the things God Center it up, <laughs> I was gonna mom it up, oh, up. <laughs> all right, oh, hey, up. Um, and I am one of the things I think one of the gifts of this, I think as believers and women, we know the story of Hannah and we marvel that she could give up, you know, Samuel, and we know the stories, um, about um, we admire in scripture and just in life women that hold their children loosely, whether that's to the mission fields or to the service or those kinds of things. And I, I've said, I've always said the words of Lincoln is the words so that I'm just stewarding. And he's, um, you know, mine temporarily. And I want mm-hmm. to be a model and I'm not responsible for how it comes out. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the gifts of this season is that I really have to live that. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I, I know my friends want to live that way. But they're not having to, practically speaking, think, I'm handing him over. I'm handing him over. Yeah, And I am not going to physically, most likely, I know God's able to do whatever he wants, going to be here for those years. And um, I finally had the courage to ask my doctor if I see him go to college. And she said no. And the next appointment, I had the courage to say, will I make it five years? And she said no.
0: And then I finally, in
2: the third question, had courage to say, how long do I have? And that's when she gave me the 26 months. So let's just, using my February 2017, no idea if that's it or not, Um, but my son will be five. And so you have 13 more years parented under our roof that I won't be here for. And while that so grieves me, of course, it's heartbreaking. It's simply heartbreaking for him and for me. And I most wholeheartedly dread the day when I think that I'm telling Lincoln goodbye. And I dread the separation from him more than anyone else. And I dread him going to college and someone saying, tell me about your mom. And I'm saying she died when I was five. And I don't really know her that well. But here's what I know about it. It's one of our prayers that the Lord would just give us a relationship that's deep and meaningful. And um, this sustains him in his memories, not so that I can be a legacy, but so that he's connected to the important role of a mom. And um, but I really get to hold my son with loose hands and I get to pray for his future in a way that keeps me from trying to control it. And I'm not tempted like I think I would be otherwise to control the outcome of Lincoln's life. And so that's one of the gifts I would wish for other moms is to be able to really turn their hands open. And I mean, I have to really let Scott's dad play a role. I mean, I can't I can't usurp Scott entirely like I might want to as a mom. <laughs> yes. Um, because he'll soon be serving him breakfast and getting him dressed for school and picking him up after school or picking him up at his aunt Jen's house. And so, um, that's uh, probably the heaviest burden Yeah, and one of the greatest blessings.
0: You know, I was in a mom's group, I think before I was a mom, I don't know what I was in, but I heard this person talking about Hannah. It's interesting you mentioned Hannah and, uh, and Moses's mom. Mm Mm-hmm how both of them had their boys through weaning, which was five. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that in those five years, their impact was so big Mm -hmm. that Samuel heard God's voice. Mm -hmm. And he said, yes, Lord, your servant's listening. And he had a bad, I mean, Eli was not a great dad. Mm -hmm. His two other sons, totally disasters. Mm -hmm. So it didn't even matter. It wasn't Eli that did it. Mm -hmm. It was those five years with Hannah Mm -hmm. and her faith that was transferred to him to be a sweet enough boy to hear the Lord's voice, to choose King David Mm -hmm. leading to Jesus, to play a vital role. Mm -hmm. I mean, he heard God in that he didn't even pick David's brothers. Mm -hmm. He chose David. He heard and he obeyed. He obeyed and he saw the heart Mm -hmm. when the outside would look different. And I think so much of that, that did not come from anyone, I think, truly from his mom's faith in those five years. And then Moses. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made a lot of mistakes, but he did uh, a lot he did. of good. He wrote the first five books of the Bible. I mean, God had a plan for him and a purpose, and it, and we. it's it's Lincoln's story. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you don't want it to be his story, mm-hmm. but I just can't help but think
2: and get excited. I agree. And it really, it's a sweet place to trust yeah. that the Lord doesn't there's no part of me that thinks the Lord loves Lincoln less than he loves my friends that aren't facing right rather imminent death. And we all know that any of my closest friends could go before me for right. any number of reasons. Right. Um, but with kind of the forewarning, if you will, that I get and that he gets because we talk candidly. Yeah. I was going to ask
0: you like how much, how aware is Lincoln? I've seen kind of in mm-hmm. some of your blog posts, questions he has. or
2: how It's open. very important for us and um, working with like experts in children and trauma that he is fully aware. And I think it's been a good lesson for us. I think that's more our personalities anyway, Scott and I, to let him learn from our mistakes and learn from our humility. And um, if we need to own our mistakes in life or our mistakes with him, but um, that's been our desire. But this has been a real good one. And we've been strongly encouraged that he needs to know um, that we spoke to him in truth. and. So we've had everything from Mama's dying to um, we're praying for more time to um, and Lincoln will say when I when I grow up Mama's not going to be here and mm-hmm. so um, and he says it very much as facts I mean he's four right um, very funny. but at least those facts are connected to truth and I want my son um, to hear us live in truth and in love and in grace because of the truth we can assure him as well is that Mama will be gone but. We regularly ask him, but he will be with you? And to uh, help him believe at a young age that our God will never leave or forsake him, mm. even though his mama is finite and frail. Mm. So
0: speaking, since you said mom, and to those moms who are maybe chronically ill, how do you handle mm. temper tantrums and mm. obedience training? Which mm. is that even a thing? Because, man, I'm hitting it hard with. The one who's almost four in my life, um, when life doesn't look regular, when every day's a different story, a different person's picking them up. Like, what encouragement can you give to a mom who's really struggling with that? Great
2: question and great sensitivity, Heather, um, because I do think life is real different for these kids. Yeah, and they can't articulate. Yeah, fact. This morning, Link was mass. mess. I mean, the other yesterday morning, he woke up and the first word that it was math Wait. Sweet Monday. No, it was Sunday morning. The very first words out of his mouth were, Mom, Mom. I didn't want to wake up. It was a ridiculous hour. And they were, I love you. And I thought that was dear. And before we could get to church, he'd pretty much beat the crap out of me. I mean, (laughs) just wheels off in the child. Definitely. Sadly, so does his mom. I have to work through her anger at times. Um, It's just physical in his expression of anger. Mm -hmm. And like we're teaching him that you cannot hit mama, but you can hit that couch and say, I'm angry.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so um, there's lots of grace for him, but it's not permissive. Right. And so that's hard, though. It's hard to really rein in the kid that, you know, is really struggling on the inside and to imagine every other kid's mom's picking them up from school to some degree. Mm-hmm. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, a different, dear friend accent. Mm. And they all talk about how great he is mm. and, and you know obedient and behave and that's not what's happening necessarily at home. Like he feels he feels safe with you. He does safe enough to let the enough to him off
0: it. and to not believe a lie that he's acting out because of this because I'm telling you, four-year old boy's testosterone surge and, it's and that's like aggression he... and impulse control low.
2: Like, yes, we're like, talking about self-control and anger constantly. Like that's just like part of the
0: characteristic yes. of a four-year- old boy. But and then added on to that is a grieving that he doesn't know how to explain.
2: Really yeah. hard to know. Am I dealing with the four-year-old? Yeah. Am I dealing with my own sin? Have I been impatient or angry right. or short in a way that's escalated him? Have we not connected somehow? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah in fact, I'm, when I pick him up at two forty-five, I mean, we've got unfinished business from this morning, and I right. thought the very thing. I was like, "What can I do to connect with that child mm. before we deal with his anger expressed towards me this morning?" Mm. And um, normally, you wouldn't go to school without it, but it was just too hard and chaotic today. And um and then um what is the grieving child that can't find expression that ironically do think's pretty crazy about his mama, but ironically I get the worst of him. And I don't think that's coincidental no, in light no. of the in light of the situation.
0: And from parenting experts I've heard that's actually a good thing.
2: Mm-hmm. That
0: you get the worst. I think pity so. the child
2: that is the best with the parents. I feel that way. I don't feel like It's not fair, but... It's <laughs> not, but I don't think he's parented out of fear. And so he's free to express his feelings. And, and that's it. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. That was very intentional. And so, in fact, to your point about obedience, that's not a word mm. we harp on a lot. We mm. harp a lot on trust. Do you trust mama?
1: Because
2: mm. I do think out of trust will flow some measure of obedience, meaning you'll trust that my instructions are for your good. Right. That there's a reason I'm instructing you right. in this. Um, because, um, I really do want him to learn at a young age, to trust us and to learn trust of those who are, and we tell him and are willing to admit quite fallible and yet Lord willing at a young age, trust his father.
0: Yeah. heavenly Because Some people partner. will say, Oh, they need to learn obedience. So they'll obey God. But I think that that God doesn't say. I mean, He doesn't say people obey Him. But he says it's the faith, and that's he belief. Does. He always starts with the trust, and the, the obedience is just an expression it's of, an of out the trust of the faith. Yeah, and faith being, I believe you, God. I believe yes. you to be
2: all the things that you say. And you are faithful, so I can have faith. Yeah. And I believe that what you say is good for me. So if right. I believe you, I will do what you say. But I really firmly am convicted, and I just feel like that how the Lord parents me. Yeah, and I think with a lot of word. grace and a lot of asking me to trust Him more mm-hmm. than He asks me just to do what He says hmm So there's a relationship first. Really, the relationship is real key to me. And so I, we kind of focus a lot about on the relationship over the rules hmm. in our home. I think the rules can be confusing. And that wouldn't be a really fun way to spend your last, if you know that's your last time, would that be really? That's probably one of the other gifts, is I think if there are rules in parenting, if there's rules about they're not supposed to sleep in your bed. <laughs> I haven't been diagnosed very long before I'm like, you know what? When my four-year-old crawls in my bed, he can stay here. And that was one of those early on gifts too, that I was like, "Oh my gosh! If there's some silly rules but I'm not supposed to be in my bed or silly to me." And then, right, 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 right. You know, right. rules that people have rules that clung I have to. picked up and yeah. people have clung to, and I've probably felt guilty about at times. Mm. That there's a real sense of, um, you know, what that's going to be okay, and I wish I would wish that for other people too—to have that freedom to not be bound by some. Things we've picked up along the way that we don't even know why we do them. Because mm-hmm. it does allow me and help me really evaluate why do we do what we do if these days are numbered.
0: Oh, Jen. So good. You're just awesome to chat with. And um, so many good nuggets in here. If you had any last words for the women um, who are struggling with maybe that eternal perspective, mm. you know, what... What words of hope, what What are you, what is your, you know, maybe a word that you cling to or an imagery that keeps you going when it's a hard day? I mean, what's, do you have any
2: last mm-hmm. thoughts? I love that question because hope has probably been the word.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think I heard once someone talk about hope that has not only the longing for, but it's not like a wish, like I might mm-hmm. wish for something. It's a longing, but also with an expectancy, Mm -hmm. like I expect it will happen. So it's rooted in that level of that faith we just talked about. Mm -hmm. So there's this hope of glory and hope and belief that the Lord will redeem this in Lincoln's life. And the Lord will sustain Scott as a single parent. That's, um, that requires me to really trust him, but also that idea of the faith that I don't know how this is going to turn out. Mm -hmm. But yet I can believe and I have hope in that which I yet do not see. Mm. And I don't know how it's going to turn out. And so for those moms that are going through a hard season physically or emotionally or, you know, single moms or uh, failing marriages, I would want them to know that the Lord sees them and he knows them, that this life truly is fleeting. Mm. And they may not get the tangible reminder that I'm getting about a cancer stage four cancer diagnosis. But in light of eternity, which is specifically the name of this book that blessed our hearts, I think if they can keep focused on that, they can um, maybe endure, and sometimes it is enduring, in a way that doesn't have to be hopeless or full of despair because they can know that what they're waiting on and what their hope is in is a worthwhile wait. A real thing. A real, tangible,
0: awesome
2: Incredible, truly heavenly gift. Mm.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much. And I know a couple of your friends are here. (laughs) And I'm sure some a lot of them will be listening to this. And if you could take a second and thank them, what would you say to them?
1: I don't know if I can do this. (laughs) It's been the best. Hardest thing I've ever done, and I feel um, loved beyond words.
2: I feel sad for them at times because I feel like I get all the attention, the care, calendar, and they just have to kind of grieve and watch me struggle and suffer, and can feel helpless and helpless, and yet have to continue to be faithful and to love me in some really unattractive throwing up in their car, kind of get the gag bag can you rub my feet to fall asleep weights? Um, but I wish for more women to have friends like these. One thing I did want to say for those women that are struggling and those of you that aren't, that I feel like it's it's hard in the crisis to go build that support system. Mm. And so to invest in women's lives now, mm. um, and not because you're going to need them in case you're cancer. <laughs> as insurance. As insurance or using people. Right. that that the time, invested in friendships. Meaningful friendships is worth it. I think they're getting the short end of the stick. Um, but I am eternally grateful for the women that have loved our fame. Now we're all we're just like
0: blubbering us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely need a clean <laughs>
0: alert for this
1: episode. <laughs> <laughs> It's Mel and Gully. And you'll appreciate that this is our eighth take to try to record a message. (laughs) I'm too edited. I'm too, I have to, I don't, I'm trying not to say anything that is (laughs) cussing or inappropriate. (laughs) But so all that to say, we are so happy we just got to be with you. And the one constant through all this, I feel like is that we always get to laugh and be together and enjoy our time. We always enjoy our time. And that you have a way of, even in the midst of all this, that you light up a room, that you make us laugh, you make us better, you challenge us, you convict us. You are amazing. And I know you don't want us to say that you're brave and you're our hero, but you are brave and you are our hero. So you just have to deal with it. It's true. It's true. And we love you so much. We're so proud of you. We love you so much. You're a great mom. You're a great friend. You're just, we are just so proud of you. Love you so much.
0: Thank you, Jen. I do know friendship is very valuable to you and um, you're just good at it.
2: I love my people.
1: Yeah. Well, I've always
0: heard a good friend has good friends. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm sure the feeling is mutual and just thank you. Thank you for being available today to chat with me and um, yeah. Yeah, I will put links to where they can find you and follow your journey. Oh, thanks! And um, y'all can hear more a little bit of your story mm-hmm. in Mel's book. Yeah, that's true. And uh, nobody's cuter than you, mm-hmm. and they can hear kind of you know how do you do friendship mm-hmm. if they're wondering. Like I do it's want a great that, question. and mm-hmm. we don't maybe have time today, but like that is uh, a topic that I think a lot of women struggle. I agree. So and miss the blessing and miss the blessing. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up and thank you for being here. I'm just so thankful. I'm honored
2: to talk about the things that are near and dear to my heart. We love you. Thank you, friend. All right. Bye.
0: Thanks, y'all, for joining me today. I'm going to pray over us as we consider what Jen said and as we wrap up our summers um, and go into the school year. Lord, I I thank you so much that you do give us glimpses of – our future life with you in perfection. And I thank you so much for the hope that we have that is not based on our circumstances, but is based on your presence in us. That the truth of you being with us, not just with us in us, but also that your power a power that's able to deliver, to free, to save is in us. That that isn't just a power of wielding and control, but it is also wrapped up with love that you have written us in your hand, engraved us into your hand because of your love for us. That you jump around wildly for joy when you think of us. I thank you that we are so loved by you I pray that you would fill whoever's listening with hope whatever she's walking through right now whatever discouragement is in front of her whatever disappointment that she would feel your restoring renewing spirit in her that you have something for her God and it may not look good right now but you have not left her thank you God for all that you do and are doing, and will do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. If you loved connecting with Jen and her story, I want you to know that in the original episode, which you can Google, Don't Mom Alone, episode 100, we have little messages interspersed in the episode from her friends to her that she could hear when the episode went live, and it was really sweet. Also, Wanted to tell you that we have decided to take off August 2nd, and we will have new episodes on the podcast starting August 9th. And I have some great interviews, including one with Sharon McMahon of Sharon Says So and my friend Nancy Houston, who is going to talk to us about self-differentiation, and it is life-changing. Y'all, I have been wanting to share this one with you for a long time. Um, and just some other really fun things leading up to the book launch, which is happening October 12th. You can go on any bookseller, wherever you get your books and you can pre-order and we will be announcing August 9th, we will announce all the pre-order goodies and ways that you can help support me because this is a big deal, y'all. I've never done this before. I've watched a lot of friends launch books, but I, um, any and all help and encouragement you could send my way, I will take it gladly, humbly. Um, So thank you when you share this show, when you share any shows with friends, when you leave reviews. Anything you do to help, uh, I am so honored and grateful. And so thank you. Um, And I love connecting with y'all through email. If you don't get my Monday emails, you can sign up over at holaheather.com. And I'll connect with you there. All right. See y'all August 9th with some new content. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast.